0: It is the technology show where we translate geek into regular speak. I'm Brett Levy and I'm your host this week. Before I get into today's show, I have to wish our producer Tess a happy birthday. Hope you had a good Valentine's Day. Hope you got spoiled, all those wonderful things and obviously a good year ahead. Right, so let's get into today's show. Um, What have we got over here? So for those of you that are watching, Today, I'm going to be doing an app uh, for things with a Z. I haven't done that for a really long time, so I thought it'd be fun to do one. And um, I've actually called today's show Music Touchdown, and we'll talk about the touchdown part a little bit later on. But uh, anyway, so, you know, some things in life are just super simple. I mean, there's here's a scenario. I use Apple Music. My son uses Spotify. He sends me a cool track to listen to. Um, I send him proper music to listen to. And I actually don't have Spotify Premium, so I don't use the app due to the adverts because it just drives me mad. So if I like a song um, while I'm using Spotify, let's say he sent me the link, I've opened the link, I'm in Spotify, I actually do like the song, I go like, I'm actually never going to listen to it again, because I don't use Spotify as my default music player. Now, imagine if I could have that song matched into Apple Music, and I thought, well, Imagine no more. So let's bring up the slide. I've got a screenshot of it, otherwise, I'll talk you through it. But this is a super cool app called Music Match. And as its name would suggest, it matches the song that you get from Spotify in your Apple Music or vice versa. Um, it actually covers quite a lot of the different platforms as well, which I've put up on the screen. But that includes YouTube Music, Pandora, Amazon Music, uh, Tidal, Deezer. Um, Yeah, I think I covered all of them. I'm not sure if I left any out, but basically the big ones. I mean, if you're not using one of those paid ones, and please share with me, I'd like to know what you're using. So the way it works is really, really simple. And I think this is the most important part and definitely why it's an app that I wanted to review. Now, before I continue, this is an iOS and a Mac app. So if you have one of these cool devices, then you're lucky and welcome to the show. But if you don't, well, you can always get one. But you don't have to have both so if you've like for example aria he uses a windows machine but he has an iphone he can get the ios version and it will still work it just means that if someone sends it to him on email he'd have to open the email on his phone i'm fortunate enough to have a mac and an iphone so i've got both of the apps and i can do an either all. so if i get my messages on the mac i click on the link it will open up a copy it well let me take you through how it works so this is how simple it is so basically what you do is you send a message to someone saying hey check out this and you can do that within the music app you just go share or copy link etc when you receive the song all you do is copy it or open the song copy it open music match music match will automatically paste that link that you've already copied from your clipboard you'll actually see it appear there if you if you're watching the show and you look at the screen that i've got up there at the top right, it says um, it, it shows a whole string, which is the actual link. If you look carefully, it says YouTube Music. And if you look at the bottom um, picture, that's clearly Apple Music. So, what I've done is I've taken a song from YouTube Music, I've sent it to myself, um, and then I've opened it using Music Match, and it pops up my Apple Music. So, there it is there. From there, I have the choice to add it to playlists and do what I need to do with it. So, um, Basically, how it works, as I said, you send me a link. If you want a message, email, whatever, I copy the link, I open it, and it it really is that simple. You know, it's it's. I'm not trying to make this app any more advanced than it is. That is the beauty of what this app is, and this is probably a message to a lot of people out there that are developing technology, writing apps. This is probably why the Chat GPTs and that of the world are doing so well. It's simple. It's easy to use. It's intuitive. And it's not trying to be more than what it actually is. This app takes a song from another music streaming platform and lets you save it and listen to it in the music platform that you choose to. So um, it's it called Music Match. It is a paid app. Uh, I actually might have a license or two spare. So if you're an iOS user um, or a Mac user, uh, hit me up. And uh, let me see, I might have a key floating around to be able to give you. Um, So yeah, Music Match, available for iOS and for um, Mac OS, Uh, very simple, super easy to use. Um, And as I said, I'm actually going to be using it quite a bit because my son and I are always sharing songs with each other, and he's got both Apple Music and Spotify, but he only uses Spotify Premium. So yeah, because that's where the cool kids go. The only thing that it doesn't do at the moment um, is it can't do a playlist. So if you, you know, and if you go into Spotify and there's a a cool playlist that someone's created or you've created yourself, you can't share that playlist across using Music Match. Now I will tag the developer in the show, hey Arthur, Um, I will tag him in the show and uh, maybe this is something that's coming up in the future, I'm not sure how easy it would be to be able to conquer a playlist. Um, you know, playlists can obviously draw songs with different licenses. It's, there could be all kinds of reasons why that doesn't happen. Um, but for now, you send the song across. I do believe you can use an album as well. I haven't tried to do an album, but I think you can actually copy them. In fact, I have done an album, so you can do an album and you can do a song, but you can't do a playlist. You can't do something that's curated. So that was things with a Z um and let's now move on to tech news so what have we got in tech news so i mentioned that i called this song that the show music touchdown i was just trying to get a little bit of play that the fact that i was doing music matches my app for those of you that watch american football super bowl was on on well australia monday morning sunday night in america Um, i am an eagle supporter um so needless to say if you watch the game then you'll know that I'm feeling a bit sorry for myself licking some words but that being said it was an absolutely incredible game it was super close um it came down to literally the last second uh well done to kansas chiefs um yep maybe next year the eagles can can fly again go the birds so why am i talking about the super bowl well first of all it was really interesting for those of you that don't even watch Um, American football but if you're involved in marketing or brand in any way shape or form the Super Bowl is a showcase for brands to show off their adverts and at six to seven million dollars for a 30 second slot before production you can imagine that it's generally only really big brands that have dominated the space over the years. Now not only that they actually bring in high power actors and actresses um, so you're, you're probably looking at a $10 to $15 million investment to actually get your 30 seconds of fame uh, during the Super Bowl. Now, what was very interesting is it wasn't just the big car brands or big brands that you would expect or have become accustomed to seeing. There were a lot of cool technology brands that were actually advertising. Now, does this mean they have raised significant amount of money with some of the raises that I've seen over the years? Yes. But they've also realized that people that watch sports and and clearly watch TV are still their potential clients. A lot of it was software centric. Um, Apple Music sponsored the halftime music show. It's always been Pepsi that sponsors it for as long as I can remember. So here you've got a technology company that is now trying to get crowds that are engaged to come across to Apple Music. And they did this really, really well. If you opened up Apple Music, and if you still open up Apple Music on your phone, or computer, or wherever it is, you'll see the Rihanna banners there, and you can actually watch her performance. So you they've now basically been able to continue because people watch the performance or may want to watch it again, know it was sponsored by Apple Music, and they go then of course, once you're inside Apple Music, you stay there and hopefully maybe sign up for a subscription and something like that. So I really do think it was quite a good move from Apple. I have to say that Rihanna's performance was really good uh, in the sense that the stage was floating. It was doing all kinds of stuff. Um, I did see her live in South Africa. She was really dead and boring. She kind of was dead and boring again, uh, but her stage was great. And just the fact that Apple Music sponsored it was awesome, so well done, Apple. Um, So yeah, as I said, Super Bowl, sports, digital technology all coming together. Um, I have to shout out that there was one of the big brands was food, and that was the Breaking Bad commercial, I think it was Popcorners. Um, If you've watched Breaking Bad, you would remember the scene. Um, Well done to the agency that put that together, and obviously bringing the cast back together for it. That was super fun. But uh, yeah, I would have definitely, it would have been an amazing experience if the Eagles had won, but they didn't, so alas. Um oh, okay. So last week or, or last show, um, I was asked about Chat GPT. I went into it. Um Chat GPT versus Google Bard, Um, and, and who knows what else. I mean, this AR discussion is just it's just kind of owning tech at the moment. So I had such a great response to the show that I did about chat GPT. I thought, like in the questions were including one of the questions that came through afterwards and things that people asking me were like. Will this cause the end of thinking humans? Now, this is a technology show, not the philosophy show. So I don't know. Um, I don't think so. But funny enough, Elon Musk thinks that we are in massive trouble. Like he he reckons that he's been warning us for years that we haven't kept a a, a hold on AI, that we haven't kept it in check. Um, It's going to run away from us. It's going to do all kinds of weird and evil, wonderful things. Who knows? Judging by the way he's been behaving lately, I don't know if I put too much value on what Elon Musk has to say anymore. Um, but I personally don't think we're in trouble. Uh, I'm sure Amazon and Apple will be next to launch their versions of ChatGPT uh, or AR, um, you know, powered engagement or chat or research. Um, if you didn't watch the show or haven't read anything in the last two months. ChatGPT is basically an AI tool that writes all kinds of things. It even checks code. It can even debug your code. Uh, Maybe it can write the code and debug the code itself. There's many more services. even can grade like essays and and teachers homework and that. I personally love it. I'm not embarrassed to say I use it. I use it for base writing. So I use it to give me the ideas that I want and put the general structure in place. And then I put my theme and tone and sarcasm and whatever else I might do depending on what I'm writing into it. So chat GPD is not going to replace the way I write um, and the content that I create, but it definitely expedites it. It bias starts for me if I'm like trying to find something, think about it, writing or talking about. Um, it does give me some good ideas. Um, I think it's a fantastic technology. There's people that love it. There's people that hate it. There's people that are, are scared it's going to cause the end of the world. Um, I I don't know. I just I think you know with all technology Let's take technology off the table. Guns don't kill people, people kill people. No gun has ever got up and gone and killed someone by itself. Not possible. Can the AI, being sentient, you know, starting to learn human emotion, that could AI develop itself to a point where it can cause harm to humans? Don't know. Probably unlikely, unless we fast forward where. The robots are now plugged into the machines and the servers download the content into them offline and then they go running around doing all weird stuff. I don't know. I mean, who knows what the future holds. Personally, I'm very stoked that we have this technology. It has saved me a lot of time. Um, I think if you use it like with Ortec, if you use it to do good, um, you know, there's no reason why we shouldn't embrace it. Schools are panicking because it's passing exams for for students and writing. They're writing code that tells you if they've used the technology. Let's see how this goes. But anyway, as, as, I mean, BARD, for example, which is Google's um, answer to chat GPT, they had a massive fall. I mean, it cost them $140 billion on their stock values. They posted something. I think it was about the first space flight or the year that this, that this first moon landing was on. I don't remember exactly what it was about, but they got the year on. And this is from a search engine that should know all the stuff. So, you know, it's still in its infancy stage. Um, use it for what it is, it's just a tool. Oh, speaking of Elon, so, you know, I think he's lost the plot. That's just me saying so, you know, he's now charging for blue ticks, so thanks, but no thanks. I mean, a blue tick was a way of validating that a, uh, a writer, a celebrity, an uh, influencer, who had worked hard to get to where they were, or had published enough books, or had done things that just made them influential and people worth following, they got the blue tick. Um, Now, he's done the Oprah Winfrey, you pay your eight bucks and you get a blue tick and you get a blue tick and you, I mean everyone can get a blue tick, I can go buy one tomorrow, I don't need to buy a blue tick, it's said you should earn acknowledgement and, and accolades, not pay for them. I mean, there's a trophy shop down the road. I could go and buy it and start engraving, best golfer, best uh, anything. I mean, it's just silly. Elon, I don't know. Um, Now, if that wasn't enough, he's killing all the APIs um, that that plug in to translating geek into regular speak. APIs is what allows other people's software to talk to your software or take information from your software back into theirs. Now, let's just think about this for a second. He's making developers pay for integration. He has a new flash, Mr. Musk. It's the third-party apps and integration that actually bring more traffic and content to Twitter. I've been using apps for years that help me post on Twitter. I'm using one right now. We're live streaming. There's an API from StreamYard that goes into Twitter that while I'm doing this, my show's appearing on Twitter. Did they have to pay for the API? Probably because it sounds like you put a blanket kill on all APIs. Was it a lot of money? No, but really, what what are you doing? Why are you alienating? Why are you breaking things at work? So I don't want to turn this into the technology show where we rant and rave on Elon Musk. I really hate Mark Zuckerberg. That's enough. But one evil person out there to to punch back on when I need to. But Elon, please, like, can you just maybe like. I don't know, maybe you're going to start charging us every time we open the Twitter app. There's an idea, Elon. Every time I get a tweet and I have to read it, maybe you're going to charge me to actually read the app, like these stupid firewalls that people put up on the newspaper sites, which are already covered in advertising, by the way. Dear publishers, if you want to charge a paywall, you have to remove your advertising. Please look at every other publication out there. Um, sorry, paid app out there. Spotify, talking about it earlier, with no... with Free has adverts. YouTube music, free with adverts. Pay for Spotify, pay for uh, no more adverts. Pay for YouTube music, no more adverts. So you can't put firewalls up and still sell advertising. You're not even doing your advertising as a service by doing that. So Elon, admit it. Wake up in the morning or go to bed for a change, maybe whichever it is, and just say, put your hand up like how alcoholics do it and say, hi, my name's Elon Musk. I screwed up. I made a big mistake 40 billion dollar mistake offload the platform and please go back to making cars and spaceships and other cool stuff right enough hate on mr musk so what do we got next uh paypal so paypal has now paused the development and launch of stablecoin that was the coin that they were calling that they were going to release in fact the release was imminent it was a few weeks away the idea behind stablecoin it was going to be a one for one backed by the dollar. So it wasn't just a crypto or or token that actually had no backing, like some of these other coins do or not some, pretty much all of them. Um, It had a monetary value that was linked. It was all about kind of transitioning between fiat, like real money and banks and crypto and coins. And obviously, with being, being a coin and having a token component to it, there could have been rewards, it could have been all kinds of things. They've paused it due to all the bankruptcies and fraud and and everything else that's going on in the sector so um yeah not such a great place if you're in the crypto space at the moment um, i think that brings us to the end of tech news it does right so let's go into are you game so this was an interesting week i actually didn't play any games but i think this is definitely worthy of game news and are you game. So, Nintendo has finally done what people have been asking for for years and years and years. Um, they've now put Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games on Switch, but there's a catch. So, nostalgia is expensive, people. To play Game, Boys, um, to play Game Boy games on a Switch, you are going to need to have an active Nintendo Switch online subscriber account. So, it's like the PayPal and Xbox and Sony PlayStation Pass and all the other passes. Um, but you'll only be able to play the Game Boy Advance games on Switch if you have the active subscriber and the Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack membership. That was a mouthful. Let me try that again. Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack membership. Peter Piper picked a pick of Peppers, anyway, whatever. Right. So, now, I understand what they're doing, but let's be honest. These are old games. These are games that aren't being played anymore. These aren't games that are not being marketed anymore. There a reason why you should look at the Switch instead of Steam's handheld and some of the others out there. I'm not the cmo of Nintendo, and people will pay for it. But just to give an example, you know, there are monthly and three monthly packages. But the best value deal that I saw was actually um, the annual, the 12-month package. was quite a significant discount. You pay 40 US, which is about 60 Australian, uh, for the year. So you know, you're paying 60 australians five bucks a month. Uh, it's a coffee, you know. So um, it's not overly expensive, but I think, you know, what What all the big brands need to realize is that consumers have just got so many subscriptions. Now, Netflix is about to start with their whole password shutting down and password sharing stop. I'm going to predict a lot of people will be leaving Netflix. If that's the case, they might have a spare five bucks floating around, and if they have a Nintendo Switch, well, they could now, um, now go and get uh, all the Game Boy um, Advance and game with games. Uh, Pokemon is not there at the moment. I did look through the games and all the big main classics are there, like all the games that, well, when I was growing up, we played on on Game Boys. Um, There is rumors that Pokemon will be coming. Um, I stress it's a rumor. I haven't found anything confirming that the Pokemon series is coming. I think it would be very short-sighted on Nintendo if they didn't send it. Um, but yeah, let's see what happens. So that would, that's my uh, are you game. Um, I had a message that came through. That's not important. Uh, what else have we got? Well, that would take me to the end of that. So it's probably just Q&A, right? So let's see, there's a question that came through. I've actually had this at a, I actually had this question the other night at a function I was at. So the question is, should I wait to get a new fi- iPhone and potentially even miss the iPhone 15 launch? now that the chances are that the USB-C port will be coming out. So if you're not, so let's first of all, if you're not aware of the situation, the EU mandated a single charger to try and eliminate e-waste, predominantly for the last five odd years. It's only been um, the iPhone, the, the, the lightning port, um, or a USB-C or a USB, what can before C, micro, USB micro charger, but I haven't seen micro funds for years, probably four or five years. So, USB-C or um, lightning port, the Apple lightning port. So, the EU has turned around and said, trying to reduce um, e-waste, and the way to do that is, let's get rid of all these chargers and just make one standard charger, and they've obviously gone with USB-C. Now, I agree with the EU, this wasn't an FU to Apple. There are computers, the MacBook uses a USB-C, and all major, PCs and laptops will use USB-C and have done for many years now. Hard drives use USB-C. So it is definitely the main and dominant um, connector. But (laughs) Apple, being Apple, um, they've had to comply. So they will have to release a USB-C phone. Now, they could decide if this will be only in the EU and then still make everyone around the rest of the world use uh, a normal lightning port. And the reason why I say they might do that is if you look at China, for example, China doesn't have um, eSIM technology. So they have two fixed SIM cards in China for iPhones, to give you the two numbers, but everywhere else in the world, it's one SIM card and an eSIM. So Apple does make products for markets, we've seen that. So will they go the way and just go, you know what, screw it, let's just make a USB-C, it's easier. Or will they make the USB-C phone, which may be slightly down spec for the EU market, which also cut their nose off, um, and give other markets? We don't know what will happen. However, Apple being Apple, um, what we might see, which could be a problem, is Apple has a thing called MFR, which is made for iPhone. And what that is, is that there's a little bit of tech that sits in the end of the connector. So if I bring up my little cable, I don't know if this will you know, this part here but in this part over here is a little piece of tech that goes this is a made for iphone it's a royalty has been paid to apple um, and that cable will work it's not deemed to be a non-working cable now usbc has a lot of benefits it allows for dual way in other words you can charge and send data so it's not just a single push um, it is super fast but if apple wanted to get really clever they could actually say right you can use a USB-C, cha- USB-C cable to charge your phone, but you're not going to be able to send data with it, or you're not going to be able to connect to devices or projectors or whatever it is they might choose to, unless it's MFR, which means that cable manufacturers will still have to make MFR cables. And ultimately what that means is, I mean, if they're going to make the cable, they're going to make sure they're MFR ready, even for people that maybe don't have iPhones. So what's going to happen now is everyone's actually going to pay more because of the royalty, Apple is going to laugh all the way to the bank because now they're going to produce even more cables than they would be for iPhones. uh, Because people with Android phones will be using MFI certified cables. I'm just sitting here going, Samsung's probably going to put software in to block it, that if it is an MFI certified cable, it won't work. I don't know. But um, if I had to bet, I would say they're going to go with a standardized USB-C. It makes sense. The iPad is USB-C. The MacBook's USB-C. And for those of you that don't know a USB-C port actually takes up a lot more space than the um, lightning port so the lightning port comes with advantages that they have more room for battery or memory or, or anything else actually so that would be one of the reasons why they kept the phone still in lightning port and they might actually make the iphone pro or the iphone ultimate which still runs on a lightning port but it it therefore has bigger battery or bigger memory and you know, people in Europe will make a plan. They'll find their own cables or they just won't charge in public or whatever it might be. So the cable itself, just to clarify, is not being outlawed. You don't have to get rid of your lightning port cables. You just have to standardize the charging port on any new devices made after, I think it's actually this month. So that's uh, hopefully answers that question. It was uh, uh, it was always a long way around, but, but actually no, it doesn't answer the question. Sorry, so the question was actually, should I wait to upgrade? I always say the same thing when I get these type of questions. Upgrade when you need to, not when you want to. If you're waiting for the next best, best technology, you will wait forever. Because as soon as the next device ends, they are already talking, and planning, and sharing, and leaking, and all the other good things, the next version. We've seen renditions and, and conversations about the iPhone 15 already for the last couple of months. And the iPhone 14's only been out for a couple of months, or five months, or four months, whatever it is. So, the rule of thumb is, buy when you need, not when you want. Technology creates ones. It's like sugar. I mean, people like me, I just want to get the latest and greatest, and I've become better and better behaved over the years, not really, but I'm going to tell myself that, buy when you need it. So if you need a new iPhone, or you need a new phone, and you're thinking about iPhone, go and buy the iPhone 14. It's a fantastic device. It really is a great phone. As Tim would say, when he comes on stage, this is the best iPhone they've ever made. Well, it is the best iPhone they've ever made. And the 15 will be the best iPhone they've ever made and sold the 16, 17, 18, 19, and double X. You heard it first on the technology Phone show, double X. Um, Yeah, so there it is. So I think that that then does, uh, that answers all those questions. There's nothing else No. Yep, that's it. So I guess uh, until next time, Keep your screens clean and you're not shiny.